right, what is up, guys? You're tuned in to the Unsportsmanlike podcast with Keen and the Cold Train. The very first episode. Welcome. Uh, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out to the probably seven of you that you're actually listening. That's um, being generous. <laughs> what's up, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, a little bit about us. Uh, I'm the has been. I'm the never was. We uh, we hold multiple state records in our junior football days. Most forced fumbles in a single JCYA season by a linebacker ever. Right no big here. deal. No, no big, big deal. deal. It's just whatever. It's whatever. Uh, but on a lighter note, guys, we are going to be covering a lot of different like off-season storylines in this episode. We're going to talk about the possible quarterback carousel. That's going to be interesting. Um, lots of different trades, different moves, the draft, who's going where. Um, we're just gonna kind of bullshit with you guys, and you know, thanks for coming along for the ride. Yeah. So, just a quick introduction to who we are before we get too into this. Um, you know, me and Eric became friends about, I'd say, what, ten years ago now. Uh, it's been at least a decade. Yeah, and you know, football is one of the things that's always bonded us, and we've been wanting to do this for a while, and you know, the stars have finally aligned to allow us to do that. Yeah. Hell yeah. It, uh, it's been a long time in the making, but here we are. So, uh, Colton, what do you want to cover first? What well, do you... first and foremost, if you want to know where our allegiances lie, I am a Washington Redskins football team fan. Maybe we could discuss the name change in another episode and my feelings on it. Maybe we could get your dad on. That would be entertaining. That would be hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a couple college teams I like. I'm a Mizzou guy. I like the Miami Hurricanes as well. So just a little bit about that. Yeah, we are based in St. Louis, um, so we are a little salty about the whole Rams move. Fuck you, Stan Kroenke. Uh, big fuck you, Stan Kroenke. Uh, I myself am a Chargers fan, have been for a long time. Um, admittedly, I was a little kid and loved their jerseys, so that was the biggest tell for me. And then you start to learn about football and you realize that Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson are pretty damn good. How can you not love the powder blues? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Best uniforms, I'm telling you. You're right. <laughs> but... Uh, as far as college football goes, uh, boomer sooner, baby. It's easy for me. Oh, yeah. Horns down. Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. All right. So let's get started with what is, you know, obviously going to be the storyline that's going to dominate the offseason to Sean Watson. It's easily going to be the biggest storyline. Now, I think the Texans are doing what they're supposed to do and telling teams, absolutely not. We're not getting rid of them, you know? And at the end of the day, I don't think he gets traded. I really don't. And then it becomes a question of, is Deshaun Watson willing to sit out? Or will he just go and play and, you know, see if the situation can work itself out? That's going to be the big question because I don't think the Texans trade him. Because here's the deal. Deshaun Watson is a special quarterback. He's a 25-year-old quarterback who's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. And those guys don't just come around. And when you have one, you have to do everything in your power to keep them 100%. in the building. And if you let a guy like that walk out the door, you know, your franchise is going to regret it forever. Right. Regardless of how many photoshops we've seen and how many proposed trades we've seen, you know, it would take a king's ransom to get a guy like that off of a team. Listen, I would absolutely love him on my Washington football team. Um, realistically, if he does end up getting traded, I don't. I think there's just teams that have better packages to offer as far as draft capital goes as far as I mean you know I've heard the rumor tossed around that Miami's maybe the favorite and they could offer you know the third overall pick to uh you know maybe 18 you know there's going to be multiple first round picks involved if it happens right Big um, but you know it's just a matter of who has the tools to do it and I think that's really if they want to max if the Texans want to maximize their return there's maybe only like three or four teams at max that can make it worth their while. I'd say so. And I mean, if you're a GM on the other side, you know, outside of, let's say, like New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins, who have the draft capital and have the possible pieces to move, you at least make a call, don't you? Well, for sure. And again, I don't know what this package could even look like. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think Matthew Stafford would net two ones. Now, you do have to take into account the Jared Goff contract that the Lions graciously took away from the Rams. Without a doubt. But, and listen, I think Matt Stafford's a good player who's been in a bad situation for his whole career, but 
two first-round picks for a 32-year-old quarterback is steep for me. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, you have to mortgage the contract there, too. You know, that, yeah, that's part sure. of it. Well, I mean, they were stupid for signing the contract in the first place. <laughs> and that kind of leads me to my next talking point as far as Deshaun Watson goes. If he does get traded, who do you think ultimately walks away with him? Realistically, I think that the Jets have the best assets to offer to make that happen. And keep in mind, he does have a no-trade clause. Right. So he could nix any deal. You know, I don't know how he feels about going to the Jets. Um, a lot of people, you know, make the Jets a laughing stock. Um, I think they made a great hire as far as head coaching goes. I think Robert Sala was a very good hire for oh, them, and I think he will turn that team around. Just a matter of how fast. And you know, it's just really, I've heard, like I said, I've heard Miami. I don't, you know, another team that people keep talking about as a sleeper for it is Carolina. You know, he's from that area. He went yeah. to college at, at Clemson, South, which is in South Carolina. Um, you know, maybe he'd welcome that. You know, I just don't know. Yeah, it'll be weird to see what happens, if it even happens at all, you know? Yeah, but um, it's just, it's to me, it just seems unlikely at this point. Oh, 100%. Because if you, I mean, if you're in the GM shoes there, not only did you just walk into the situation, but you have another superstar in J.J. Watt who allegedly wants out. And I don't blame him at all. Um, I mean, how many good years does J.J. Watt have left? He doesn't want to sit through, you know, what could be another rebuild, especially if Watson goes. Right. You know, that's, I don't blame him at all. I wonder if they would just trade him or if they would just release him. That's a big question here. Um, I mean, if you consider, you know, coming from a GM standpoint, they save $17.5 million if they just outright release him. Do I think that he has some trade value? Absolutely. Yeah. I think he could probably net like a maybe a second or third round pick. People always want pass rush. And J.J. Watt still has stuff. You know, he still has some juice left in the tank. Without a doubt. I mean, he's still J.J. Watt. You know, he's yeah. not the J.J. Watt defensive player of the year that we were working with, no, you know, a couple no, of years ago. But. but he's still a viable player and could start at defensive end for – a lot of teams and you know to me the situation for Nick Casario the Houston Texans GM it's kind of lose-lose at this point because you have a guy who's really unhappy that you don't want to get rid of but doesn't want to be there so how do you salvage that you would think that they would do what apparently according to reports they said they would do and include him in the conversation now, you're getting both sides of the coin when it comes to this conversation because, you know, you have the ownership group who's saying we did include him, but then they go and they sign the coach. They didn't even interview Robert Sala, who was his preferred candidate. Him or, I think, Eric Bieniemy. Or Eric Bieniemy. It's without a job again. I'm sure that's something we'll touch on eventually. Yeah, that's insane to me. Uh, yeah, it's insane to all of us. But, um, and, first. You know, the whole thing is, it seems to be all centered around this Jack Easterby guy. Now, admittedly, I don't know much about Jack Easterby. I read one story online about him that he was like the New England Patriots, like team chaplain or character coach or something like that. And all of a sudden, this guy gets hired like, you know, a man of God. You know, nothing against religious people. I don't, you know, do what, believe whatever you want to believe. But... This, like, basically this pastor winds up in this huge position of power, and it seems like he's almost hijacked the Houston Texans organization. And <laughs> it I feels kind like of, that. I kind of find it hilarious. I'm not going to lie. But, I honestly didn't even know who he was until the Andre Johnson tweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just funny to me that, like, a, you know, a billion-dollar NFL team in a huge media market has essentially been taken over it by a chaplain. <laughs> it's just right. funny to me. right. Uh, well, you know what? Let's while we're in Texas, why don't we take? Why don't we stop off in Dallas and uh, see what's going on with Dak? Yeah. So about uh about that hype video, how do we feel about that? Um, you know, I can see it from the Cowboys standpoint. I mean, he's not signed. They don't know what's gonna happen. You don't want to include him if something does happen. Um, you know, they're sitting at you know ten overall in the draft. I think ten or eleven. I believe it's ten. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there's a quarterback they like, and they think. 
we have a lot of guys we're already paying and a few more that we're going to have to pay, and we can't afford to keep all of them. And, you know, if reports are true and Dak wants upwards of $40 million a year, even after an ankle injury, maybe a trade could happen. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I mean... I think he would net a return similar to or better than Matt Stafford without a egregious contract. Um, I think Dak, when healthy, is a top 10 quarterback in the league. Sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> I would agree with that. Uh, you know, it's curious. Because I can understand why they didn't include him, you know? It's kind of like that funny stat that I sent you where it was like, since 2016, when Dak entered the league, only four passers have a better QBR than him. And they're all, you know, I don't remember all of the names. It's Drew Brees, okay. Lamar Jackson, okay. Patrick Mahomes, and our guy, Deshaun Watson. Those are the only four. There's some okay names, I guess. Eh, pretty decent. Eh. You know, one just you know threw a eh. ball right to his receiver <laughs> while parallel to the ground. It was pretty wild. But, I mean, I can tell you this much. As um, a Washington fan, a team whose current quarterback room right now is an Alex Smith who has one leg, Kyle Allen who, I mean, Kyle Allen is what he is, a backup, and you know Taylor Heineke who, to me, you know, he played well in that playoff game against Tampa, but, you know, we don't know what we have in him. Can he be trusted a full season? The problem is, you know, we have a we have a really good defense right now, and we don't want to waste that prime 100%. of that defense while, while we still have them all on rookie deals. And you have a hell of a coach. Yeah, Ron Rivera, hell of a coach. Um, I would love a guy like Dak, personally. Do I think Dallas lets him out the door? Probably not. It's gonna it's gonna be a tag or he'll get a franchise tag if not a contract extension. He's just gonna Kirk Cousins the hell out of that franchise. Well, 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 this is the last year they can do it. So that would be what would be really interesting is if they just franchise tag him this year. That would be, I mean, the storyline heading into next off season. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and you know it's really they ha- I they've handled that situation poorly again. He's not. I mean, he's not as good as Deshaun Watson. Not I'm not gonna say he is. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say so. But when you have a quarterback of that caliber walk in the door and you're gonna let him walk out, it's confusing me. When you're paying guys like Jalen Smith, who's been very disappointing since contract extension, um, Ezekiel Elliott, who I mean, I think at the time he deserved the extension, even though I'm always iffy on paying running backs, but. You know, maybe now we're finding out a lot of that production was coming from how good his offensive line was. 100%. Because you have to think, you know, since that line has diminished their talent, it's one of those things that he's fumbling a lot more. He's having a hard time with ball control. Uh, the guy is just, he doesn't look like Zeke, you know? No, he doesn't. He doesn't look like we what we saw at Ohio State or his first few years in the league. And, um... You know, maybe they're regretting that contract. Maybe they're regretting Demarcus Lawrence, who again hasn't been himself since signing an extension. Um, you know, they paid all these guys, and then they don't want to pay Dak, and it's just kind of you know a little confusing to me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because I mean, the narrative has always been Dak is our guy. Well, and he should be for good reason. Hundred percent. You drafted a guy, and what was he a fourth, fifth round? Fourth pick? round pick. Mm-hmm. And. You know, you don't find those guys at that position in the draft. You just don't. Um, I actually liked Dak a lot coming out of Mississippi State, and I was kind of surprised he went that low. I mean, I know he had concerns, but, I mean, I would have taken a flyer on him in the second, third round easily. But, you know. You fall where you fall. Yeah. Um, Moving on, who else is in the queue? Let's go to to Las Vegas. They seem to have an interesting situation in quarterback. I feel like... Every offseason since John Gruden has taken over the then Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders, there's been some rumor that him and Derek Carr, you know, don't get along. And then you hear Gruden say, no, I love Derek Carr. I don't know what's going on. It's every year. Um, Honestly, I think they just kind of dangle Derek out there as one of those, you know, hey, we don't really want to get rid of Derek Carr, but what's he worth? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, if. I said at the Stafford deal, maybe he nets you a first round pick, and but I mean, and De- I think Derek Carr is better than a lot of people give him credit for. I really do. Um, he is not the reason they collapsed this year. It's their defense and their. 
so shockingly poor drafting since Mike Mayock took over at the GM spot. Yeah, that blows my mind. Uh, what was it? The year they had the three first-round picks, they took Cleveland Farrell fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Wolf. Um, Josh Jacobs, who's been good, but again, you know, there's always the question of positional value and are running backs a good investment in the first round? And I kind of lean towards no. I really do. You know, sometimes you get the unicorn types like Saquon Barkley who you're like, okay, even though I wouldn't have taken him at two overall if I was a Giants. But again, that's a discussion for a different day. Um, and then for the third time pick they took in that draft, I believe it was Jonathan Abrams who's been not great. Right. And, you know, it hasn't really gotten any better, especially you look at last year when they took Henry Ruggs when they could have had Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, who were all, I mean, there's players that played, were taken in the second round who were performed better than Henry Ruggs. Not that that's Ruggs' fault. I think he did help open up the offense a little bit. But you could have gotten, you could have gotten a few... There was better options. Yes. Let's just say that. Justin Jefferson was in the Offensive Rookie of the Year discussion. So, I mean, obviously there were better options on the board. Um, It kind of shocked me that the Eagles took Jalen Rieger over him, you know? Yeah, I didn't understand. (laughs) Obviously. I didn't understand that at all. (laughs) That didn't work Um, out either. I understand there was concerns with Jefferson at LSU because people thought he just played the the slot because Jamar Chase is just insane. He's an animal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back back to the Raiders quarterback situation. Um, when they signed, I mean, Marcus Mariota as a backup is due ten million dollars, I believe, next year. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But I believe it's somewhere in that area. Now that's a lot of money to pay a backup quarterback. Realistically, if they move a quarterback, I think that's who it is. Yeah, and again, that wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, Derek Carr is very consistent. He doesn't turn the ball over. He normally throws for around 4,000 yards, you know. Two. And then they have the best backup of all time in Nathan Peterman. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Peterman. We're not on the GOATS episode yet. So. Hey, right, no kidding. <laughs> him with Bortles, the greats. Um, the boat. But, <laughs> but, again, you know, Derek Carr is not the problem, but if they could get a decent return for him, you know, John Gruden is a quarterback guy. Everyone knows that. And I think, kind of think when they signed Marcus Mariota, it raised a lot of eyebrows because, you know, their GM, Mike Mayock, was very high on Mariota coming out of Oregon. That's fair. And it's it's one of those things, you know, it was a head-scratcher for me, especially because, you know, obviously pay attention to that division pretty heavily. Because. Um, right. I mean, Marcus could be a starting quarterback on some of these teams. Well, people, I think, kind of wonder if he's like the next version of Ryan Tannehill who maybe didn't work out at his first destination and, you know, goes maybe, you know, Ryan Tannehill just needed to sit down for a little bit and kind of just reevaluate things, and then he came back, and now he's great. He's been great for Tennessee. It's also easy to be great when you have Derrick Henry in the backfield. Very true. But he does make throws. He's a very he, accurate no, he passer. He makes the throws when he has to. You know, he doesn't have the best arm, but he's a very accurate passer. And, you know, people want, always are fine for a good reclamation project, especially if it's not going to cost you that much as far as draft capital go. I don't know what somebody would trade for Mariota. Um, it's interesting because a lot of people want mobile quarterbacks now. And he's, I mean, he's mobile. He's moves very well in the pocket and can make plays with his legs all over the field. He has the injury history, but it's it's one of those things you, you'll take a flyer on a reclamation project, like you said. I mean, how many people have thrown a touchdown pass to themselves in a playoff game? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to double-check that stat. Favorite plays of all time. And now I'm going to go to the most egregious quarterback rumor I've heard when my jaw almost hit the floor when I heard that Carson Wentz, the Eagles were looking for a similar package that Matt Stafford netted. And I'm like, who the fuck is going to give them two first-round picks for Carson Wentz's contract, who played just absolutely awful last year? And, you know, there's obviously going to be the, hey, he didn't have a line, they were all hurt, this, that, the other. But I saw a rumor that the Bears were going to give up Tariq Cohen a first-round pick, and Big Dick Nick himself back in Philly. <laughs> wow. It's wild to be. Getting Foles back in Philly, that would be uh, interesting. Well, they have a statue of him outside of their building, so at least Rightfully getting half of that statue back would be Rightfully nice. Rightfully so. 
but I just I don't know why the Bears would do that. I think um, I think Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are. I mean, that's I understand this is they're on the hot seat this year. That's just a desperation move to try to save your job to see if you can squeeze anything out of them and turn this team into a playoff team because the Bears do have a playoff caliber defense, but their offense is bad and. I think they're going to lose Allen Robinson in free agency because, quite frankly, Allen Robinson is tired of shit quarterbacks throwing to him. He's had, you know, Blake Bortles. <laughs> also, for the record, he did tweet saying, no cap, looking for that ring. And? Not going to win it in Chicago. I, I don't huh. think so, unless something changes drastically. <laughs> I, I, I think a big detriment to that team is the fact that They've been owned by the same family for as long as they've been in existence, and they're one of the oldest teams in the NFL. And it seems like they, they're always still trying to create 1985. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because if we just create a monster defense, we don't have to worry about the offense. But, I mean, give Jim McMahon some credit. He was a damn good quarterback. Oh, 100%. 100%. But I love Jim McMahon. Mitch Trubisky is not, not Jim McMahon. Especially when, you know, there was clearly better options on the board. Uh, yeah. That's... Traded up for him. But, you know, back to the Carson Wentz thing. A lot of people seem to think Indy makes the most sense because, you know, reuniting him with Frank Reich, who he was very close to before he left Philadelphia. Had his one MVP season. Yeah. And, you know, they're both very strong in their faith, from what I understand. Um, Indy's a team who seemingly likes to trade first-round picks. They think they did it in... They did it last year to get DeForest Buckner. Sure did. They did it the year before to get two first-round picks from Washington. So Washington to select Montez Sweat. Um, I don't know how much farther after that. You know, real. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off handle here real quick. The real shame for Indianapolis to me is the fact that, you know, they built this team with a great line and you know some good receivers, a good defense. They built it for Andrew Luck, and when it seemed like it was finally complete, Andrew Luck retired. I've seen some here and there rumors that Andy might come back, but. Uh... As far as, that's you know. One, that's one of those things, I'll believe it when I see it. 100%. I think Andrew Luck, I mean, he's a very smart guy. I think he is content where he's at in life, and he doesn't need to come back to prove anything to anybody. And that's the thing. He's proven that he can have a life outside of football. When's the last time you heard about Andrew Luck doing anything? He, I mean, he just keeps to himself, I think. He's exactly. Very, I think he's a very private person. Was never really big on the... You know, stepping into the limelight, you know. Um, but, I mean, if you put Andrew Luck in that lineup, I think Indianapolis is a Super Bowl caliber team. If Andy returns to yep. form, of course. Yes. Because, you know, a year off football can but, I mean, affect some people. He seems, I mean, I guess, again, he's a smart guy, and I'm sure he's stayed in shape since oh, without a doubt. he's left. But, again, back to the Wentz thing. I just... Any GM who trades, even I wouldn't trade a third round pick for Carson Wentz at this point. If you're talking first, maybe multiple picks, like get out of here. No, it'd be hard for me in a position of power like that to look at what could be because Carson Wentz does have the physical ability to be a good quarterback in the NFL, but looking at the most recent body of work regardless of what kind of line he was behind, he didn't make a whole lot happen. And I will admit that Philly's receiving core has been a mess. And But, but I also think, you know, they really liked what they saw from Jalen Hurts. And, you know, it's we'll see what happens. They're drafting six overall, which is a, I think they're in a prime spot to get a receiver. Um, I think maybe that, you know, there's really some discussion as to who the top receiver in this draft is going to be, and to me there is no discussion. A lot of people think it's Devontae Smith. It's not Devontae Smith. It's Jamar Chase. If you watch those two te- two guys tape and come away saying that Devontae Smith is better than Jamar Chase, I'm just going to simply disagree with you. <laughs> like, to put it as polite as I possibly can, I don't know what the hell you're looking at. Fair enough. And it's one of those things, man, like, People just have a recency bias when it comes to Devontae Smith. I personally believe the same thing. I think Jamar Chase is far and away the best receiver in this draft class. He did things as a 19-year-old last year. And granted, Joe Burrow was his quarterback. I get that. 
but you still got to make the plays. He did things that I've never seen a 19-year-old do. It's insane. And the fact that I understand as far as that number three pick, which is what we're kind of hitching on as far as the draft here. I think that if at number three you have Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith sitting there, it's really going to depend on the quarterback situation. Yeah. Do you want to build around Tua? Are you going to put put the package together and grab Deshaun? What are you going to do? You know, if you want to build around Tua, and people like that's the thing I keep hearing is that they they want to they want to reunite Tua and Devontae Smith. You know, that's you know a nice story and all, but you take the best player available, and and at least in my eyes, Jamar Chase would be the best receiver available if that's the route the Dolphins wanted to go. I would say so. Because you got to think, I mean, Devontae Parker's slowly coming into his own a little bit, you know. Little by little, yeah. Little by little. It's not exactly the first-round pick that we were hoping for at the beginning. You know, Devontae Parker was great coming out of Louisville. He was. And everybody thought Devontae Parker was the guy. And, you know, he had a weird situation. Miami's never an ideal situation to walk into, at least not in the last decade. Um, no. But, you know, you have a true outside option in Devontae Parker. You grab another guy like Jamar Chase who can play the outside, and then you have all those speedy guys to still play in the slot. I think that's the best option, personally. And, you know, it'll also be interesting to me to see if maybe the Dolphins would rather just take a quarterback in the draft. Maybe they, maybe they don't like what they saw from two in the first year. It'd be a stretch for me. Um, I understand it's probably going to be a long time with – especially with Brian Flores as your coach and the defense is what it is, it's going to be a long time before you're picking that high again. Um, so, you know, depending on what the Jets do, you know, maybe there's a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields sitting there at three that they really like and say, well, you know, we'll see what we can get for Tua and just draft this guy. That's, like I said, a bit of a stretch for me. I'm not willing to give up on Tua. I know. I understand the concerns around him, you know. Um for some reason, a lot, you know, Alabama quarterbacks get a lot of criticism. You know, who has come out of there? A.J. McCarron, uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, he had that last year at Oklahoma. You know, before that. Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy, yeah. Um, and, you know, they'll win all these games, win national championships. And I was like, oh, yeah, Alabama schemes got – Nick Saban's good at scheming. Got, well, he's not because he's not the offensive coordinator, but – you know, they scheme guys open and they have all these talented receivers and all that. You know, for some reason, Tua never got any of that criticism that the other guys got. And I was always kind of curious as to why that was. You know, even to a point where people were saying, had he not gotten hurt last year, he'd be the number one pick over Joe Burrow, which, I mean, he The body would, of work shows, yeah. He was, I think, projected to be that early on, but... Obviously, Cincinnati made the right choice. But, you know, it's always just kind of eluded me as to why Tua avoided. Like, what was different about Tua that was, you know, different? What was different about him from all these other guys that people were like, yeah, they're good, but they're at Alabama. They got all these receivers and this, you know. A lot of those guys are highly touted prospects. You have to be to go to Alabama. It's, you know, a top-tier organization. They obviously do a very good job recruiting down there. Nick Saban has one of the best recruiting pitches of all time because of, you know, the rings on his hand. Um, it's easy to play, want to play championship football, you know, as an 18-, 17-year-old kid. Uh, but you got to think, you know, Tua came in, and he won them that national championship. Beautiful throw to Devonta Smith in the end zone. And everybody and their grandma was talking about Tua. This man is going to be the next thing. So it wasn't... Because, you know, when it was A.J. McCarron, it wasn't about A.J. A.J. was good, but what he had was talent around him and a hot wife. Very true. <laughs> Shout out to Brent Musburger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you could argue that Tua had, you know, when people say, well, these other guys have talent around him, Tua had more talent around him than anybody. Agreed. His four receivers were... Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith. All guys who have gone or are going to go in the first round. Yeah. I as mean, well as, I mean, Heisman running running back seemingly, I mean, how often? Who was the running back when Tua was there? 
Did he? Did it he? was before Najee, I think. Yeah. Because it was after... I don't even know, to be real honest with you. No, it was Josh Jacobs. It duh. was Josh Jacobs, duh. duh. I'm an idiot. I already mentioned Josh Jacobs. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah. Um, Another first round pick. So, it's... The Dolphins, to me, are maybe the most... The team I'm most curious about going into this offseason. There's just... There's so many different possibilities as to what they could do. Oh, 100%. You know, do they want to move on from Tua? Um... If I'm making predictions right now, I'm going to say no. And they're either going to go with the third pick if they don't, you know, keep the Deshaun Watson thing alive. But they're either going to go Penny Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, because, you know, their offensive line is, was not great last year. Exactly. Or they're going to go receiver to get two of some weapons. And that would be the smart thing to do. I personally think that if Sewell is there, which... Because this is such a quarterback-heavy draft, and there's a lot of teams that are looking for quarterbacks, those top two, I think, are definitely going to be quarterbacks. We know one is set in stone. Yeah, put Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville and Sharpie already. Yeah, exactly. If I see, because sometimes mock drafts come out and people try to get cute and be like, oh, well, I'm going to put Justin Fields or Zach Wilson at number one. Like, stop. Urban Meyer coached at Ohio State. You look like a fucking idiot if you do that. I'm sorry. Like you're just you're getting paid to write something that's wrong, and then you know it's wrong. Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. It's just done. You know we don't even need to talk about it. Two is where it gets interesting because does New York trade out? Do they take a quarterback? Do they want to build around Sam? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I new regime. I think they take a quarterback. I would think so. It's just a matter of who do they like better: Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Um, my personal thoughts on the matter is I like Zach Wilson a lot better than I like Justin Fields. No disrespect to Justin Fields. He was a good college quarterback. And, you know, although Ohio State hasn't produced, you know, the greatest crop of NFL quarterbacks. Fuck you, Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) Uh, I think Justin Fields, I've seen enough good tape on him that I would feel confident taking him in the top ten. But what I saw from Zach Wilson this year, like, his arm, his release is just so clean. He can effort like effortlessly throw it 60, 65 yards down the field and just drop it right where he wants to. I saw him do it so many times. And, like, I would love to have that guy play for Washington, my team. Um, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's going to be hard to trade up from 19 into, you know, at the highest probably four or five because that's the lowest I could see him falling. Mm. You also have Trey Lance in the equation. It's one of those things. Trey Lance is going to be very raw. You know, he he's one of those guys. He's got the athletic ability. He's got the arm. And, I mean, the kid didn't throw a single interception in his freshman season. You know, I feel really bad for him because he didn't get a season this year through no fault of his own. I think it was going to be a big year for him, and I think he could have played his way. Like, he could have played his way into that conversation of being the second quarterback off the board. He's got, you know, every trait you want a quarterback to have. He's got it. Strong arm. He's big. He's mobile. He's, I mean, he's a scout's dream. But he didn't get a season this year. You know, he got the one uh, showcase game, which he didn't play that well in, but I'm not going to knock him for, you know, it's one game. Right. I've seen, like, his one year of starting, which is a big concern to people when you only have one year of, you know, tape as a starter to show. It was it was good. And granted, I know he wasn't playing the best competition, but he was doing what he needed to do, and the tools are there for Trey Lance. I think the best fit for him would be somewhere that has an established team, maybe even has an established quarterback, so he can obviously redshirt a year, maybe even two. I think someone like the Falcons would be good for him, because Matt Ryan still has a couple good years they could get out of him. My first thought was Atlanta, or even San Fran if he falls. San Fran would be interesting. Um, Any quarterback in a Kyle Shanahan offense <laughs> is very, very nice to me. I don't. I think, you know, I think Jimmy G would at that point want out if they drafted a quarterback in the first round. I would say so. Writing on the wall, and you know that's maybe another QB domino to fall. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Jimmy G though. Fair enough. Um, 
And then, you know, after that, the quarterback class gets a little dicey. Um, you know, a lot of, some people will say Mac Jones will be a first-rounder. Some not. I think he will just because how valued the quarterback position is. Um, and by all accounts, he was, I mean, if he would have played in the game, he would have been the MVP of the Senior Bowl. He had a great week down there, by all accounts. Um, I think he just seems like a New England guy to me. That just seems like a Bill Belichick guy. Oh, 100%. Doesn't turn the ball over. He's not the most mobile, but you know he, he can get the ball where it needs to go. I think for Mac Jones to succeed in the NFL, he, I think I mean I don't think he'll be one that needs to sit necessarily next year, but I think he needs to go to the right situation for him. I think that other than Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones is the most NFL ready quarterback right now. Of the other guys. It's an interesting I would I wouldn't disagree with that. Because although I love Justin Fields, guys like that usually do need to sit, even if it is for, let's say, four games, five games. You know, while they have the established guy go out there and play some football. Going into next year, I mean, whichever, how many of these guys start or not, Fields might be the most intriguing to me. Just because we've seen Ohio State quarterbacks not work out in the past. You know, Twain Haskins, Cardale Jones. Braxton Miller. Who was a wide receiver. He was a wide receiver. You know, did JT Barry even get drafted? I don't think he did. I think he might have been like a late pick. I'll double check. What's he doing now? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then after Mac Jones, um, you know, I think there's some intriguing day two, day three options this year as far as the quarterback position goes. No, I'm just going to say this right now. I want nothing to do with Kyle Trask. I agree. Nothing. I agree. At watching that game, that bowl game against Oklahoma. Really just watching all season. I know he got a lot of credit. For one, he had Kadarius, Tony, and Kyle Pitts, two of the best playmakers in the country. His process, like, just watch him. His process is too slow. He does not process the game at an NFL speed, and that's going to be a problem. I saw a mock draft that had him in uh, the third round to Detroit. Third round? Um, I mean, I'd be fine with taking him in the third round. The thing about quarterbacks is, you know, you... If you think you might have something in the guy, just take him. Because take a, take a swing with a pick like that, I mean, you know, maybe you'll hit. But there's just guys, to me, that are more intriguing options as far as, like, day two, day three options goes. For one, Kellen Mond, who had a very good – he started off slow at the Senior Bowl, but finished very strong. Four-year starter. Four-year. It felt like it was, like, nine years he was at Texas a <laughs> Right. Um, I believe he was a former five-star recruit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's got a good arm, and he can move. I saw someone compare him to Colin Kaepernick, like, when he was coming out. Which, I mean, Kaepernick had a good first few years. It just, again, it'd be an intriguing option as, like, a second or third round pick. Same with uh, Jamie Newham in uh, Wake Forest. Now, a lot of people say he may be the most hurt by opting out. Because he was transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia, and, you know... People were saying if he had a good enough season at Georgia, he could have maybe played his way into being a first-round pick because of the way quarterbacks are valued. Exactly, and especially with the SEC bias. And, you know, they, they ran a very simple offense at Wake Forest, so he didn't really get to show a lot while he was there. But he's got a pretty deep ball, and he can move around okay. You need guys like that. Yeah, and um, just to name a few others... I mean, I don't know where Sam Ellinger falls into the equation. I know you hate Texas. But... Uh, you know. <laughs> um, I have questions. I, I think he's a tough kid. I think he's a gamer, but I just have questions about the arm strength with him. Same with a guy like Ian Book. Oh, yeah. Who I'm not even sure I would just going to get drafted. Right. Um, and, I mean, he played for a big program. Notre Dame is a huge program. They have a ton of history. And he has the most wins of any quarterback in Notre Dame history. Wasn't he there for four or five years? Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, man. I mean, scouts look at that. You know, he's... Absolutely. He's a four-year starter. It's one of those things where, you know, yeah, he does have the most wins at a big-time school. So, I mean, does he get taken in maybe like the sixth, seventh round? Sure. Maybe just so that somebody can get him into camp 
see what they got. I would think so. Um, you know, I mean, you have another guy like, I don't know, maybe Felipe Franks, who went to Arkansas this year after starting at Florida. He's got a strong arm, but that's really about it. I mean, you need more than that. He has trouble reading defenses, and that scares me bad. Very much so. Yeah, I would, I, I would not even try to take a flyer on Felipe Franks. Um, yeah, maybe maybe if someone they took him with this, like a seventh round pick, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like if he was Mr. Irrelevant, be perfectly fitting. <laughs> wow, cheap shot there. <laughs> Moving on. So, as far as the offseason, we're going to see a lot of movement. I saw an article that had an over-under of 18 quarterback changes. Yeah, I think that was uh, Adam Schefter. I, I believe it was Schefter, yep. It's, I mean, that's, we haven't seen anything like that, but everyone wants a quarterback. Not since 99. How many moved on? 16. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being a fan of a QB needy team, which you are not anymore, thanks to Justin Herbert. Shout out Justin Herbert, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Shut up all the haters. Yes, sir. They were saying you couldn't play. Anyway, um, I see, you know, I see a team like mine, like Washington, linked to everybody, you know. Oh, every time. Carson Wentz, which thankfully J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington uh, shut that down today, said that Washington would not be calling on Carson Wentz. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, um, You know, I've heard him link to Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold doesn't really excite me. I think... I didn't really like him a lot coming out of USC. I don't like a lot of quarterbacks coming out of USC. They all look the same, too. They all got that, like, Kali boy look. Oh, every time. Like, hey, bro, you want to fucking go surfing after this, dude? It's going to be Keaton Slovis next year. (laughs) But um, I think at this point, I would rather just try to trade up for somebody in the draft if you can. If not, swing on one of those guys in, like, the second, third round, like a Kellen Mond or a Jamie Newman or... Another guy I didn't mention who is really intriguing that was kind of brought to my attention. I listened to the Two for One Drafts podcast. It's a one by PFF, I believe, with Mike Renner and Austin Gale. Shout out to them. Awesome podcast. Not an endorsement. Just bumping you guys up. Um, Davis Mills from Stanford um, got rid of the ball quicker than any quarterback in college football this year. And I went back and watched a little bit of tape on him and he's a really intriguing one to me. I don't think he should have declared this year. I think he should have went back to Stanford and played another year, and he could have been talked about a lot more. I didn't watch a lot of tape on him, to be honest. Um, Stanford guys, Pac-12 guys, it's one of those things, you know, you like to hear that stat, though. I mean, getting the ball out faster. He gets rid of the ball, and he can run an offense, and that's... You know, again, one of those guys I'd maybe look to take a chance on just to see if you have anything. But, I mean, with specifically talking about my, my team for a second, Washington, I would honestly, again, rather just go into the – see what you have in Taylor Heineke instead of trying to go out and suck anything out of Sam Darnold. Like, it's just – sometimes you're just going to be on the outside looking in. We don't have to find the guy this year. That's fair. Because, I mean, like you said, your defense is still young. It's one of those things where you're not going to waste. It's Chase Young. Chase Young. (laughs) Um, You know, what what other quarterbacks are being discussed as possibly on the I've seen a couple rumors about Kirk Cousins even moving. Yeah, I think Minnesota dispelled that pretty quickly, though. I think the market on Kirk would be pretty limited to just San Francisco to see if they could maybe get a reunion with him and... Kyle Shanahan because he the familiarity he operated Kyle Shanahan's offense well in Washington there's always going to be the question I mean here's the thing I think Kirk is an upgrade over Jimmy G I really do Kirk's got a big price tag Um, and a lot of people point to the lack of playoff success which is concerning but I don't hold that against him it's a team sport you know, the quarterback is obviously the most important position in football. Um, you have to run the offense. I mean, that's just basic knowledge. Let's talk about Tom Brady for a second. <laughs> Go. Shout out Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, 
I see a lot of people every time he will, like he's had what four different chances to go out on top and like just Tom Brady. If you look at it, has had like three different Hall of Fame careers. Oh yeah, <laughs> the first half is of his career he could have retired and still had like one to. It's just absurd, and you know, f- fuck anyone who wants him to retire. As long as he's still doing it at a high level and he still wants to do it, go out and win as many rings as you want, Tom. Right, and that's Keep the thing. I've seen truck. a lot of those superstar guys like Mike Evans. Uh, Mike Evans said he'll take a pay cut to keep this team together. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, you want to walk away from the sport. Most people do with as many rings as possible. To say you were, I mean... Well, that's right. the point of the game. You, you play the game to win. Um, I know they have some free agents. Indomitian and Sue, Shaq Barrett. Let's talk about the free agent wide receiver class for a second. Yeah, 100%. Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin... There's others. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. There's a few others. Like, this is a good free agent wide receiver class. And he's not super noteworthy recently, but Alshon Jeffrey will be on the market as well. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I think it's going to be a lot of those guys are going to get paid. And I think it's going to be tough because this is a particularly good wide receiver draft class. Like, there's going to there's gonna be quality wide receivers taken in the third, fourth, maybe fifth round this year. And... If teams are doing their homework and scouting correctly, I think a lot of these guys aren't going to get paid what they expected. Now, granted, some of them are probably going to get franchise tagged. Like, I could probably imagine Chris Godwin getting franchise tagged, maybe Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay wants to stay in Detroit. Don't know why. I don't know why anybody would want to stay there. Maybe he likes eating kneecaps, Dan Campbell. Yep. <laughs> PC principle. <laughs> You know what? I fucking loved that speech. Oh, it was really wonderful. Did. It was wonderful. Because you expect him to come up there and have like just this coach talk with you, and he just comes up there like, you know what? We're going to kick the shit out of you. And if you knock us down, we're going to get back up and keep kicking the shit out of you. More guys need to do that. Like, I'm tired of like the generic coach speak press conference. Or just do like the Eagles new coach did and just like, just go up there and just start like saying words and hoping that something sounds just completely something. babbling and hoping something sticks. Now listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on the guy, even though I hate the Eagles. Um, sorry, Eagles fans. I hope you still want to listen if there are any listening. Um, I'm not gonna shit on the guy. He's a football coach. He's not an English teacher. Like, right, give, that's give, fair. Give, give him a break. He's not William Shakespeare up there. Yeah, no, he doesn't need to be. Um, I just think it's funny that they fired Doug Peterson to hire Doug Peterson's offensive coordinator's offensive coordinator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably the most baffling firing, coach firing of the offseason. I, I think Doug Peterson had a little bit to do with that as well. It was yeah. almost like a mutual parting of ways. I think he's going to, I think it looks like he's going to take a year off, um, which I don't blame him. There will be openings next year. There exactly. Always is. Always is. One thing I want to touch on before we get out of here, the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do you think Urban Meyer will do? Based on prestige alone, I think that Urban's going to be, he's going to at least bring something to the team that hasn't been there before, and that's heart. I I feel like he'll bring a little bit of motivation, bring a little bit of moxie to the team, and then you bring in a new guy like Trevor Lawrence, which is an obvious pick. Stop saying that anything else is going to happen. It's not. Urban Meyer's not taking the job if he doesn't get Trevor Lawrence. He's on record as calling him the best college quarterback he's ever seen. He's the best college quarterback most of us have ever seen. <laughs> but that's going to be a really interesting team to watch next year, I think. I think they need more pass rush. They need a lot on defense. And they need another shutdown corner. C.J. Henderson proved that he can be a guy. He can be one of the guys. Yeah, and what's really intriguing about them is they've got a lot of money to play with in free agency. Oh, hundred percent. Because they have a lot of guys on rookie deals. Um, they have a couple. I mean, they have some core pieces on the defense. They have Josh Allen. They have Miles Jack. They have C.J. Anderson. Um, I also am really intrigued by their receiving core, especially if they take another one this year. That's fair. They have Lavisca Chenault. Uh, D.J. Chark. D.J. Chark as Keelan Cole. I believe Keelan Cole is a free agent. But, you know, that's going to be a really interesting team to watch next year. And Keelan Cole is one of those kind of flash-in-the-pan kind of guys. I don't right. think that he's going to be a... But sometimes guys go from college to the NFL and it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Urban Meyer is going to be a really interesting one to me. I think it's going to be a very boomer bust pick. 
Um, realistically, the guy has never coached in the NFL. But he's getting Trevor Lawrence. But he is getting Trevor Lawrence. So I feel like if he surrounds the rest of his staff well and builds around Trevor, the team could be, you know, middle of the pack at best. I don't think that they contend for a playoff spot or that division. Uh, it's going to be harder. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to contend for that division, especially if the Colts fix the quarterback problem because the Colts are like the best team without a quarterback. I'd say so. Just plug one in and they're like Super Bowl ready. Because that's the thing. I mean, even Phillip Rivers, God bless it, you know, dadgummit. Dadgummit. He had a heck of a season. Yeah, you know? stew out of me. But, you know, Phillip is going to probably sign a one-day contract and retire with the Chargers. As they should. Then, I mean, you have Jacob Eason. You can see what you have. But, I mean, do you want to take a shot on a second-year player? You know, um... When you have the team to win? Jacob Eason has a fucking cannon. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I, realistically, I don't think that's the route they go unless they're kind of forced to go that route. Sure. And we'll, you know, kind of just see what happens or maybe they take a guy like I suggested Washington do just find a guy in the second or third round like a Newman or a Mond or uh, Sam Ellinger see if they can operate the offense efficiently enough because you have a window to win with that team now but you have to find the right quarterback um, any predictions on where some of these guys go like give me a prediction for Carson Wentz Carson Wentz I feel like his best fit is Indy okay but personally, I want to see him as a bear. Just because you want to see him fail. 100%. You hate gingers, that's why. 100%. <laughs> I think his sleeve is stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that will about do it for this episode. Hey, uh, so we really appreciate you guys, you know, chiming in with us. and All five to ten of you. Yeah, you know, at best. But, hey, first episode down. So, Sponsored uh, by nobody yet. Yep. Yet. You, you hear that, boner pills? We're available. We're available. Available. Free agents, you might say. <laughs> All right, until next time.